the Lord. You know, the prophet said that the voice of God is so hindered in this last day because of so many other voices. That's what hinders people from listening to the voice of God. And the problem is because other people are telling them, oh, I'm speaking for God. And then somebody else says, no, I'm, I'm speaking for God. And they're saying the exact opposite of what that other guy said. And then somebody else is saying, no, 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 both of them guys are wrong. I'm speaking from God. And he's speaking different than what everybody else said. I've come to find out preachers about like doctors. One doctor says one thing, another doctor says something else, and another doctor says something else. If you don't think you have to have faith and you go to the doctor, apparently you ain't been lately. People think, well, you don't need the doctor to go to the hospital or faith. I, I believe you need more faith to go to the hospital than you do stay home. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Well, how are y'all tonight? Fighting the devil? That ain't the question. The question is, are you winning? Good. Praise the Lord. Let's turn tonight to the book of Exodus, if you would. Exodus chapter 10. I certainly appreciate you praying for Erica. Um, she had the procedure done yesterday to be able to remove some of the fluid out of this quadrant side of her body here, and they took out about nine pounds worth of fluid. We're going to be taking out some more tomorrow, and she's feeling better today. We thank you for that, for praying for her giving her antibiotics, of course, to deal with all the other stuff, and we're just believing God. We thank Him for every improvement. I love the way Brother Bram says it, whenever a person is dealing with something or they're sick and they're prayed for, and you speak to the mountain and say, be removed, you don't see one thing. Yet on the other side of the mountain, way over yonder, one little grain of sand went... Then the next day, two or three more. And then the next day, maybe a spoonful. Before long, that mountain's gone, ain't it, Brother Bob? So we certainly appreciate you praying for us during this time. And we know that God's got her in his hands. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him. So Pharaoh's servants are saying to Pharaoh. How long shall this man be a snare unto us. So they're asking Pharaoh about Moses. How long will this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God. I love it. I love it when your enemies, God makes them testify that the Lord is your God. Now, you know what made these men say these things? All the miracles they had seen. (laughs) That they may serve the Lord, their God. Notice how that's spelled. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. The Lord, their God. Knowest thou not that yet that Egypt is destroyed. Don't you know? Our whole country is destroyed because of these people. 
And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them, Go, serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? Now listen carefully. And Moses said, We will go with our young, with our old, with our sons, and with our daughters, with our flocks, and with our herds will we go. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. You see, they didn't just want to leave the world. They wanted to leave the world, and when they got out of the world, they wanted to start assembling together in a feast. So for folks who come out of the world and get saved and never want to go to church, I have to wonder about them. (laughs) Now watch Pharaoh. Oh, he thinks this is funny. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you as I will let you go. And your little ones, look to it, for evil is before you. Now watch, he's mocking them. Sarcastic, look at his attitude. Sure, yeah, right, the Lord's gonna go with you. Whenever I let you go, sure, the Lord will go with you because I have no plans on letting you go. What's the next verse? Not so. So now he taunts them and teases them. And then verse 11, he says, not so, you're not going. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord. For that you did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Now from that tonight, I want to speak to you on no deals with the devil. Praise the Lord. I may like to be remembered tonight as we pray. Oh, Jesus, how we love Wednesday night service. It's like an oasis in the middle of our week when we're going through so many things and facing so many things of life and we're able to come to church. And I know it's hard on some of them, Lord. I've passed by their vehicles sometimes when I'm out there walking on the parking lot before I come out to preach and I'll see them eating a little supper because they've come straight from work and they grab them a sandwich or a little something or another sitting out there eating before they come into the house of God. Why? Because we love to come to your house. No doubt some of them have been rushed this evening to get home and get school done and get work done and maybe some of them weren't even able to eat right, but they wanted to come to church. We love to assemble together. So Father, we've come for a feast tonight. Would you come by our way, Lord Jesus? We have many needs, many petitions and desires, and we're looking to you. 
We don't believe that we'll leave disappointed if we come with the right attitude. Take this service, move me aside. Speak to us tonight the words of life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. These compromises that Pharaoh offers to Moses ought to be a warning to every child of God. Now what I notice about this situation is that it's when the time of deliverance is just a few days away. And Pharaoh is feeling the pressure. So instead of now just in a defiant manner, well, there is no God, God ain't going to do it. Now he's looking for a way to be able to try to strike a compromise with Moses and his people. So he said, okay, so y'all want to leave, so our land's devastated, our crops are gone, our cattle are all dead. I mean, you folks have just about wiped us out. So my, my counselors are telling me that our land is just about destroyed, and we want to see, can we find an element of compromise? So we've never been this way before, so after all, how many of you all are wanting to leave? So tell me, well, what is this? Well, Moses could have said, well, if you would have listened to what I had to say in the first place, I'll only say what I said then. All of us are wanting out. So he said, well, who's going to go? Well, it's going to be our young. It's going to be our old. It's going to be the feeble. It's going to be every one of us. And then he goes, breaks it on down a little more. It's going to be our sons. It's going to be our daughters. It's going to be our cattle. It's going to be everything that we have. And Pharaoh is feeling an element of pressure that he hasn't felt before. You know, when I read this and early one day this week before daylight when the Lord woke me up and began to put this together for me, and I got up a little bit thereafter so it wouldn't leave my mind. And as I began to read this in the book of Exodus, and it, it just so was made so real to me, that he never started this initially when the battle was in its onset stage. He didn't do this whenever it was a few weeks in. But this is a pretty good stage to where that they saw one miracle after another after another and the devil is feeling a lot of pressure. You know, I don't know if you understand this statement that I'm going to make, but Satan is very territorial. He does not like giving up his territory. Now, in heaven, he wanted the north side. He went to the north side and pulled a great host of angels. He caused the first church split that ever was in heaven. So he's very territorial. He knew that God was going to have a church, so he wanted a church. So he, again, all of you, I'm sure, have been hearing about 
the war and the atrocities and things that's taken place in Israel. Why don't the devil just leave that land alone? He's very territorial. He will not let it go. God wants that land and God will have that land. If God wants something, God will get it. But the devil, instead of just backing off, and okay, fine, I'll take Egypt. I'll take Iran. I'll take Iraq. I'll take Hollywood. He's territorial. So he said, God, I I don't want to give this up. Now, Israel has been a nation since 1948, and the very next day after that they decided they were going to be a nation and make their declaration of freedom and so on, then you're all these armies of the Arabs come in and attack them way outnumbered in in militia and in arms and aircraft and anti-aircraft and on and on and on and on because Satan would not give up that land. And he still wants it to this day. And now Satan did not have land so much. The Egyptians owned the land, but he didn't want to give up them people. He's territorial. Whenever you're battling a disease in your body, You understand that Satan and that demon tries to come into your body? It's like he wants to claim that as his own. So it's his territory. So if he gains an element of spiritual capacity in your walk with God, say it's your temper, say it's a certain thing that he's gained a little bit of victory over you, and you're fighting and you're struggling to trying to get rid of that thing. You understand what it is? He's territorial. And he don't want to give up that territory which once belonged to you and God. And now you're saying, I'm sick of this. I want free of this. I want this devil out of my body. I I want my, my temper. I want it back. I want my anger under control. I want my temperament to be pleasing to God. And Satan said, I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. I I, I want this. This is mine. It's like he cannot stand it to give it up. And God called Israel his firstborn. Now, when God calls them his firstborn, God changes their status. So they're not just slaves anymore. But God told Moses, you tell Pharaoh, I said, let my son, my firstborn go. So when God claimed them as his son, his firstborn nation, then God elevated their status that they were now his. And God has the first claim of redemption on his firstborn. But Satan still, now God directly commanded through the mouth of Moses, but Satan still didn't want to give it up. Why? He's territorial. And he will fight for what he thinks is his. Anybody understand me tonight? So you see, it is Satan anointing Pharaoh in that sense to where that Pharaoh just can't stand the thoughts of letting them go. Now remember, he does not want them to take their cattle because all the Egyptian cattle are now dead. The corn, the maize, all these other things have been eaten by the locusts. Well, guess who has all the grain? Children of Israel. Guess who's got a lot of the things? So if they take all of that, how are the Egyptians gonna live? So Satan can't stand 
to give it up. You know, I hope you understand this, that he doesn't mind even if you leave the world and you, oh, well, I want to go to church and I want to be religious and I want to be this and that. You know, Satan can actually handle that as long as you don't become a worshiper once you come out of the world. A lot of folks get saved, but they actually never enter in to worship with sacrifice. Now they will worship in a form, and by that it can have a lot of emotion to it. They can scream, shout, holler, and all that, but they still don't have any sacrifice. You see, Satan was actually willing to make a compromise with him and said, okay, fine. If y'all wanna go, then you men go. But leave your wives here, your children here, and he knew as long as they did that, them men is no way are they gonna go out there and do what God wants them to do. Why? Their wife's sitting back there in Egypt. And they've got four or five kids back there in Egypt. They've got their goats, their sheep, their cattle, everything else back in Egypt. How can they leave all of that back there and serve God? And the devil knew it. So what did he want to do? He wanted to make a deal. Let's make a deal. Now keep in mind, the time of their complete deliverance is right at the door. And that's when Satan offers them a deal. I figure we must be close to our full deliverance. Because Satan certainly is offering the people of God a lot of deals in these days. I don't think the devil has ever had so many deals on his table in his entire existence. He will try to get you to compromise on your standard of holiness or your standard of prayer or your standard of church attendance or attending the youth meetings or whatever it is, just a compromise. Well, you don't need to go to all the youth services. My goodness, you don't really need all of them. You can miss one every now and then. You can miss Wednesday night. Who needs to go to church two times a week? Sometimes I think we need to go more than two times a week myself. But yet it's in any way that he can find to get you to compromise. Now, notice Exodus chapter 10, verse 24. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye. Now, here, watch another stage of this. Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. And your little ones also go with you. Now, watch what he's doing. Now, Pharaoh said, Okay, you know what? I was was too hasty in that. I, I should have been more considerate. Why, sure. You want your wives to go with you? Why, any man would want his children to go to church? I should have never said that. I'm really sorry. I should have thought that through a little better and and made you a better offer. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I agree with you completely that you men need to go, you need to take your wives, and you need to take your children, and you all go on out and worship God and then come back to Egypt. Now it's fine. Go ahead and worship. Now listen so you don't misunderstand me. Go ahead and leave. That's fine. Yeah, just go ahead and go ahead and sing and worship. But remember, they have nothing to sacrifice. Because he wants them to leave all their sacrifice under their old life. Do you understand sinners sacrifice every day to live in darkness? 
Some of them sacrificed their health to smoke, get drunk, to shoot dope, to do all kinds of things. Ain't that right? They do. They sacrifice every day. They look at us and say, them Christians give up so much. I don't give up near as much as what a sinner gives up. A sinner gets high and dependent upon mess. They get high and dependent upon cocaine and many of them will die this very, very night and they will give their life in order to satisfy that habit. I'll tell you the way I'm looking at it, it's a whole lot harder to be a sinner than it is to be a child of God. It's a whole lot harder to live for the devil because first of all, he don't even love you. He don't even like you. He has no heaven for you. He has no home to to take you to, he has no healing, he has no peace, he has no deliverance, somebody preach with me tonight, he has no salvation, he has no lasting joy, and people will live for him every day and wind up going to hell and being lost and eventually their soul be annihilated. And you want to tell me it's hard to be a child of God. So what Satan, oh my, Look how close they are, and it's like Satan feels the pressure. So he wants you to compromise on your healing and think, maybe you're bringing a little bit too much reproach. You're telling people you're, you know, you're going to get healed. You're telling people you're going to be delivered. Maybe you just need to back off and just kind of keep that to yourself. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go, you serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. So you see, compromise is the favorite resort of the worldly-minded Christian. But it's an abomination to a real word believer. We'd rather die than compromise the word of God. You see, God did not just want the liberty of the people, but he wanted the people to be able to have sacrifice with their worship. Now, don't just come out and say, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, and they would come what? Empty-handed. All of their sacrifice. I've never understood when people come to the Lord and they give their heart to God and it's out, they just settle down in a church pew seat and they don't, you know, oh my goodness, Brother Louis wants me to clap my hands. Don't he know my hands is so tired? Well, they want me to do this and they want me to do that and they've done way more for the devil. And yet they thought they enjoyed it. But if you want them to, well, let's everybody say, well, my goodness, you mean they want me to stand up? Why, my, they want me to give 10% of my earnings? The devil got a whole lot more than that. When you look at the way you lived in the world, he got away with a whole lot more than what God ever asked you for. And it's like when many people come to the Lord, they leave their oxen, they leave their sheep, they leave their cattle in Egypt, and they come to the new land and they say, well, hallelujah, but just don't ask them to do anything when they're tired. And don't ask them to do anything when they're down and blue because they feel like you're asking too much. No, bring your cattle with you. Bring your sheep with you. Bring your oxen with you. So when you worship, you're sacrificing. So you raise your hands and your arms are tired and maybe you've got pain in them or whatever more, but what are you doing? You brought your cattle with you and you raised, hallelujah, hallelujah. You 
show up at the post of duty when you felt like staying home. You pray when you don't feel like praying. You listen to tapes. You read your Bible. Amen. Somebody come on. Let's have church tonight. Why? Because when you come out of the world, you brought sacrifice with you. You brought your sheep with you. You brought your cattle with you. And you say, if I could do that for the devil, how much more can I do it for God? If I stood up at a ball game and yelled till I lost my voice, how much should I be able to stand up and say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm afraid too many of our message folk have left their sheep back in Egypt. They left their cattle back in Egypt. We need to go bring our praise back. We need to bring our worship back. We need to bring our hallelujahs back. Hallelujah. You see, this is a compromise of the enemy. Oh yeah, you all come out. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Leave Egypt. Come on now, come on now. But when you get to church, sit there as quiet as little mice. And this is wild in a message church. Glory. Calm down now, calm down. Because we're scared to death. Somebody's going to call us Pentecostal. Well, which would you rather be called, Pentecostal or Church of Christ? (laughs) Now, what you notice, Moses, in verse 25, and Moses said, thou must also, thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. We will not compromise our worship by being round mouth and quiet and scared to death. Come on, children. We are gonna praise him with all of our might. Amen. We're going to lift up our voices. Let everything that hath breath praise you, the Lord. Praise him on the high-sounding cymbal. Praise him on the stringed instruments. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and rejoice in the presence of God. I want to bring our cattle out of Egypt. We want to bring our sheep out of Egypt and say to the devil, we are not compromising. We're not just going to worship without sacrifice. We are going to have sacrifice with our worship. So Moses says, our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not and hoof Much less a red and white tennis shoe. Much less a black pair of dress shoes. There won't even be one hoof, not one goat, not one sheep, not one cow. Everything that's ours is going with us. Hmm. Tell you what I 
realized as I read this this morning or Tuesday morning as it was, I sat there and I read that. I thought, Lord Jesus, how many people have been that close to their miracle? And Satan would talk them out of it by striking a compromise. Not by telling them there's not a God. Not by telling them you're wasting your time. Well, go ahead, you know, maybe it's God's will that you die. I grabbed Erica's hand yesterday laying in the bed and not that little tiny hand and I said, honey, there's only one way you're not gonna be healed. She said, what's that? I said, because our father would want to take you home. I said, but has he told you that? She said, no. I said, neither has he me. Neither is there anybody else that I know of that he's told her that. So that means... That means it's not what the devil says. It's not what the devil says about your victory and your husband and your children and your loved one. Don't listen to what the devil said, but it's time that we as the people of God say, this is my husband, this is my wife, this is my son, this is my daughter. I'm not leaving them to the world. I'm not leaving. We're not letting our young people leave them behind. What about a parents? Do we want to leave our children in Laodicea? Do we want to let the world have our kids? I say no. I want you to notice what Moses, by the word, is laying claim on everything that's going out. Now, here stands the pastor of the church. You see what a dangerous position a preacher stands in? Now, if the pastor of the church will make a compromise... And say, okay, I I can see that you've given a little bit now. So I guess the way compromise works is that I, we have to give a little bit too. So I I can consider that. And I I can see. So you've decided let our wives go. That's really nice of you. That's really nice, devil. (laughs) That's really thoughtful of you. You're going to let us take our kids. Well, that was nice of you, devil. So I I realize, I mean, you know, in order to make this work, I'm really supposed to give up something myself, right? This is is a compromise. Believe me, brother, sister, we are living in one of the most compromising ages that's ever been. But Moses stands right there in God's word and said, our wives, our children, our cattle, our camels, even some of our stubborn donkeys. I've had a few of them. Probably still got some. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. <laughs> but let me tell you one thing. If God has branded you that you're part of the army of God, you might be as stubborn as a long-headed mule right now, but if God put his brand on your hide, that means God's gonna change you as sure as there's a God in heaven. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I refuse to leave a one of you behind because you make mistakes. I refuse to leave a one of you behind because you fall short of the glory of God. I'm here to lead you back to repentance. I'm here to lead you back and say, brother, don't stay down there in your shortcoming. Come on, let's raise higher. What are you looking for, Brother Donnie? I'm looking for the brand of Jehovah. I'm looking for the Lord God. If the Lord gives you mercy, why shouldn't I? If the Lord reaches his hand down to you, why shouldn't I? Now, why shouldn't you? Her cattle shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind, for therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not what's what. We must serve him until we come hither. So Moses, in other words, could have said it like this. You see, Pharaoh, this is a slowly unfolded mystery. We don't even know yet what all he wants, but we want to take everything we got so he can have it all if he wants it. You imagine them packing out all the gold and all the silver that the Egyptians gave them for and then thinking, what in the world are we carrying all this heavy stuff for? It was to build a big tabernacle. Hey, man, they probably thought, oh my, we, 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 we ain't, there ain't no grocery stores out here. There ain't a place in the world where you can spend all this stuff. God said, don't worry, I got something in my mind. <laughs> I got something in my mind and I want you all to contribute. I want you all to give all. What will our church be? What would our church here be if every person in this assembly was just like you? How much prayer would go up daily? How much worship would be in our services if every person was just like you? If I was like you and I studied and put forth the same amount of effort in service that you do, Hallelujah. Now I know some of you, some of you have reserved your emotions for soccer. Some of you have reserved your emotions for football season. I do know enough about it to know that it's in or on, however you say it. I got enough sense to know you can see people out wearing their orange I know that don't mean they've joined the tangerine group. <laughs> I know what that stands for, UT. And, unless, of course, you wear blue, then that means you're from Kentucky and you use the UK Wildcats. <clears throat> so, you know, so I understand enough about that and people will go and scream and holler. And then they go to church. Some message people have got so good they can go flat to sleep with their eyes wide open. When some of you scream out loud, I know you just woke up. I'll say a little something to make you happy so you don't skin me alive. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Moses refused. Well, you're very inconsiderate, sir. I give you your wives. I give you your kids. You imagine Moses saying, you done what? You never give us them wives, no way. You're acting like them was yours. Let me just remind you, the Lord God brought you on this earth and there ain't enough devils out of hell to take you out of this earth until the Lord God is ready. Don't you know the devil would have already killed every one of us if he had the power to do it, but he ain't got the power. I said he ain't got the power. So you know what I'm gonna do? I hope the same thing you're gonna do. I'm gonna live my life for the Lord Jesus. I'm gonna live it to the fullest. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna praise. I want my cattle, I want my sheep, I want my oxen, I want my praise, hallelujah. I've got my dates and shoes on, amen. I want to serve him with all of my soul. Wouldn't it be awful? The news comes down in hell that a certain message preacher died and the demons drag out their handkerchiefs and say, oh no, he's dead. He was one of the biggest troublemakers in the message. Oh no. I want to be the type of Christian, and I trust you do too, that whenever they hear you're passing, hell has a party. They say, glory to God, glory to God. I'm so glad that woman's dead. I'm so glad. Have you ever been, been beaten to death by an 85-year-old woman? getting in the closet by herself and go to calling her children's name and calling her grandchildren's name while she can't remember 13 scriptures put together but there's something about it when she gets down on her knees to pray it shakes all hell oh yeah why because that little woman realized I ain't no man I ain't no preacher but I'm a daughter of God and I ain't letting my children go I ain't letting my grandchildren go Satan you can't even have my dog and my cat I leave it one hoop behind. It ain't time to compromise word of life. It ain't time to trade off for the world. It's time to pull in what's ours and stand our ground and say no deals with the devil. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let him go. Pharaoh said unto him, get thee from me. Take heed to thyself. See my face no more. For in that day that thou seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, thou hast spoken well cancer except it ain't going to be me that's going to die it's going to be you you've spoken well blood pressure because it ain't going to be me that's going to lose this battle it's going to be you 
you've spoken well, you pornography devil, because it ain't gonna be me that's gonna die, it's gonna be you. Come on, children, you young girls that get tempted to cut yourself and pull away from the word of God, you need to speak to that devil and say, this body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't need to cut myself. I don't need to scar myself. Get out of here, Satan. My body belongs to God. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Give it back. No deals. A lot of examples we could use, but let's jump to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Watch him. Look the way the prophet brings this. He says, but see how the devil gets? The devil wants you to mind him. So you see, if the Lord Jesus would have spoke to one rock and made it a piece of bread, and he had the power to do it, he would have been obeying the devil instead of obeying God, which is what? A compromise. Now, could a man turn a rock into a piece of bread? No. It would have to be the anointing of God on a man doing it. But you see, a man can be called by God and anointed by God and listen to a voice other than the voice of God and transform something into something that appears so supernatural and totally be out of the will of God and do it. Moses did when he struck the rock. Now watch, he says, though he could have done it. He didn't do it. He never paid heed to Satan's, listen what he calls this, proposition. Ah, so the dealer wants to now try to deal with Jesus. Now, this is the astounding part about it. Jesus, as a man, was tempted to do this. It wasn't like he was just acting, what, I'm going to act like it bothers me, but really, it don't bother me. No, it actually bothered him. If he didn't, you ain't got a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. All you have is an actor. They said, well, I'll act like it bothers me. It bothered him. His flesh felt pulled to do it. You see how the devil gets? The devil wants you to mind him. Oh my. Notice on down in paragraph 18, he said, here's the good thing. Sometimes Satan can take you. And when you think you're doing the will of God, he'll make you a proposition and you'll fall for it. Notice again. Now let's just take, for instance, like our sisters. 
They're pretty. And you get to a place that you let your hair grow out. And you didn't realize it looked so nice on you. And the first thing you know, you kind of get to feeling a little stuck up. A little above somebody else. You know, so somebody comes to visit us or something, and they got hair chopped up here, and you think, man, they must have went down to Brother Skip's barbershop and got a haircut. Well, they might have, because I've seen a few women in there for that purpose, you know. And then some of our sisters come in, they're long, beautiful, flowing hair, and they have that attitude. I am holier than you. You bobbed-haired, painted-faced Jezebel. Oh, yeah, sure, we know that's what they are. But remember, they might need our light to be able to lead them to what you are. Praise the Lord, but if we're not careful, we'll get an attitude then to where we go to judging and being harsh and judgmental and sharp. What is that? A compromise. Oh, a compromise. You imagine now we don't think of it this way. We say, oh, the devil would never come that way. You'll be surprised how he will come. So he said, some of you men, you know what I mean, and he can take that same thing and proposition with you, so the very thing that you struggle with for years, letting your hair grow out, and then it grows out and you go to getting compliments, your hair is so pretty, your hair is so beautiful. I hear it out there with Carol and my girls and my granddaughters, where they haven't cut their hair, and people say, oh, your hair is so beautiful. I mean, they're saying their mind's longer than theirs is, you know, some of them say, how in the world do you take care of it? Oh my, it's so beautiful. It must be so hard to take care of. You know why? They left their cattle in Egypt. They don't want to sacrifice for the long hair. Well, it's just easier for me to cut mine off. Yeah, well, it may be easier now, but it won't be easier then when you stand. Come on, saints. Now, you see, but after you get it, then Satan will try to turn the very thing around that was a battle to you and say, oh, oh my. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I never had so many compliments when I had a butch haircut. Well, I guess not. They couldn't tell if you was a man or a woman, butch. Now listen, the prophet said, you've got to overcome that. Remember, you're living for God. You have one objective, that's Jesus Christ. Outside of that, there's nothing else counts, that's him. Then secondarily, for your family. Then thirdly, for yourself. Now he gives us the order again. First for God, next for your family, next for you. You're number three. That's the end of the road. Put yourself last. On what basis, Brother Branham? He did. Praise the Lord. Now you see, now we're talking about a worshiper that's come out of the land of Egypt and they brought all their sheep and all their goats and all their cattle and they finally got themselves where they need to be, which is not the head of the line, but the end of the line. And they're last, and once they realize that's where their place is, they can have such joy in serving God. They can have such peace in serving God because they're not looking for great applause from this man or that man. They have arrived and they can worship and love and praise the Lord like they never could for the devil. Now notice Jesus' answer. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city. Now I want you to notice, Jesus didn't take the devil. The devil took Jesus. 
The devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning them. Their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. What's he trying to get him to do? Compromise. What's the next assault? That's what the prophet calls it. The next great assault was that he would be a show off. Oh my goodness. Now I can finish this in my office back there, but y'all like it better? You want me to stay out here? Okay. You want me to stay out here? All right, you promise you won't get mad, right? Okay, I've had people tell me that before. I sat in my office some time ago and talked to a man and his wife, and I said, I'm gonna tell you all the truth now, but I want you to give me your word. You ain't gonna get mad at me. Oh, no, we'll give you our word. I said, I want your word. You're not gonna get mad. Oh, no, no, no. Well, the end of the story was they got very mad. Oh, Brother Donnie, what are you trying to do? Take their children, take their money, keep their soul out of hell and tell them the truth. But they didn't want the truth. So y'all ain't gonna be mad at me, right? How does that hit God's servants to be a show-off? To show what you can do. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm a deliverer. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm a deliverer. See, see, come up here on top of the temple and sat down. He tempted him to do it. Now remember, this is the fascinating part about it to me. He was tempted to do it. It was hard. Jesus as a man, Justin, when Satan offered that, and Jesus thinking, I could do it. I can do it. I can jump off the pinnacle of the temple and before I would come down, the angels of God would come and deliver. I can do it. I'm tempted right now to do it and shut his mouth. It would have been ever so slight a compromise. But it would have been a blemish on your lamb. So every time you needed an atonement and a forgiveness of sins, that blemish would have been on your lamb. Lord God. If you want to be something before the people, stand up around this temple and jump off. I'll give you a scripture for it. Because it's written, you give the angels charge over thee concerning the lesson at any time. Thou dash thy foot against the stone. He'll bear thee up to make him a show off to show his authority. No true servant of God ever does that. But I want you to notice, Brother Branham does not say, no true servant of God is ever tempted to do that. If Jesus was, pal, ain't none of us no greater than he was. 
Don't sit there and look at me like a bunch of cherubims and seraphims. I know the kind of angels some of y'all are. Some of you still got your leather jackets hung up in your closet. <laughs> Notice you see a man showing off his chest out and all that. Just remember there's something wrong there. God don't want that. Jesus set the example. He could have done it. And remember, friends, this is the thing. The Lord Jesus could have done this. Dear God, how many men have we seen that have? They go to thinking their ministry is better than others, greater, bigger church, more people stream them, whatever more. And they go to getting an attitude. And their chest becomes further and further out. But we need to be like the little brown bird who saw a man hanging on a cross one day. And he felt so sorry for that man. And this man had nails in his hands holding him to the cross. And that little brown bird went over and started trying to pull those nails out of his hands. And when he done it, his little breast became red and he was bathed in the blood of that man that little brown bird as you know is the robin may I be one of them type anybody else want to be one of them that my chest becomes so bathed in his blood hallelujah hallelujah he certainly could have done it but he didn't do it no servant of God is a show off of himself to try to take God's power and show himself above somebody else, though in reality he may be. Though in reality some men are given more power, more authority, maybe a greater gift, a greater influence above his brethren. But if he's a real servant of God. Brother George Bertram lived down in Kentucky. Came to the church that I pastored there. Brother Branham actually visited his home in 1965. He owned a cheese plant there in a little place called Albany, Kentucky, which is where Carol was from. Brother Branham came to his house. And Brother George's wife really liked antiques and had some really nice antique furniture. Brother Branham came to their house to see their place and Brother Branham wouldn't even sit on the furniture. But he sat on the floor and sat like an Indian with his legs crossed, you know, the way the Indian would squat down. And Brother George said that Brother Branham was the type of man that when he would get around you, he would just lift you up. And you remember him telling that, Harry. You can see his hands doing that when he would tell it. Old Brother Bertram, he told me that I don't know how many times. He just said, oh, Brother Donnie, he would, just, he would just lift you up and he'd take his hands. He'd just talk about how great you was. And you think, what a man this man was. But he didn't have to make himself big by walking on others. He didn't have to make himself big by being a traitor to others or by being a deceiver of men or anything like that. But he was a man of humility and here he said he would make you feel like you was one of the greatest men that ever lived. And yet he himself given a message that could not be even compared to to any that had lived before him. That's a great man. Old man had many of them. 
We've not had many, I agree, but we've got some. Now watch. Jesus says unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So when a man then will take his gift, his anointing, his influence, and try to use it to glorify himself, he's tempting the Lord God. And again, the the devil takes him into an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And the prophet reads this in the seal book and he says, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and he says, what a being. Jesus saw the United States of America and it didn't even exist in the power that it is today. France didn't exist in what it is today but showed him ahead in the future. And Jesus saw all the kingdoms, boom, just like that, like a vision. Broke into the fourth dimension. That was Rome. That was Paris. That was Macedonia. That was not, not the ghettos, not the slums, but the beauty, the empire, the kingdoms, the gold, the streets. That's what he showed him. And he said, all oh, these are mine. Compromise. I really don't want that much. Look at all I'm giving you. I will give you the entire world. And all I ask is one thing. Just worship me. How long? For the rest of my life? Just once. Just worship me. Just bow your head. You don't have to even bow your knees. Just bow your head. Oh, Lucifer, thou great morning star. You are great. You are wonderful. You mean that's all I've got to do and I get everything? Absolutely everything. But remember who this is. This is the prince of liars. All of us have took enough of his deals to know he's worse than any car salesman you ever dealt with. <laughs> Dear God, I ain't against all car salesmen. I know there'll be some in heaven. The Lord approved of the devil. He could have some there. <laughs> well, we've got this one out here. I'll tell you what. It was an old woman about 85 years old. She just drove it to church on Sunday and she didn't live but a quarter of a mile from church and she had the oil changed every 500 miles and she had the tires rotated every 37.8 miles. While this is a baby, this is a little gym and then you go to cranking it up and about a month later, you found out they put a little bar doll inside there to calm down the main rods and they put a little this and that and other into the transmission, mixed up with a little bit of sawdust and they took the rear plug out of the differential to put a little bit, bit of thick grease in there because if you drive it normally, it would growl and groan and carry on and then you find out you come out with your shotgun and your looking for grandma. Where is that grandma? It wasn't grandma, it was that lying salesman. Let me tell you one thing, friends. One of these days, people down in hell, can you imagine them going looking for that preacher that damned their soul to hell? Can you imagine them as they pull them up out of the flames of fire and said you were supposed to be a message preacher? Why didn't you tell me the truth? Yeah. 
You may get mad at me now, but you ain't going to pull me out of hell because I ain't going to be there. And I'm going to do my best to keep you out of there. The third great assault, Satan offered to forfeit this kingdom to him. He did. Satan, see, these kingdoms of the world, these are mine. I do with them whatever I want. I'll forfeit them to you. But remember, he was trying to get him to forfeit it without the cross. Remember that sermon I preached to you years and years ago? A kingdom without a Calvary. But listen to it. If he did, we'd be lost. If Jesus did, we would have been lost. He was tempted to do it. You imagine, Brother Paul, the Lord Jesus, knowing what David had said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew what Psalms 22 said about him. He knew what Psalm 20 said about him. He knew what Isaiah said about him. He knew all of that and he thought, I'm going to have to go through all that. I'm going to have to suffer all that. If I just skirt around this. Friends, don't you know, as the people of God, there's things we know when we look at and say, you know what? It's going to be so hard if I have to go through that. Oh, please, God, don't, don't make me, don't make me. I don't mean you're an evil person. It means you're a sensible human being looking at the load and the cross and the difficulty and you're saying, God, is there any way around it? But a real son or daughter of God will always come back to this, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So the transaction could have happened in Matthew 4, verse 4. The deal would have been made. So no Calvary, no Calvary, no spit in my face, none. They're not going to call me Beelzebub? No, remember he had just started his ministry, just come straight out of the water, goes up on the mountain. He's just fixing to enter into trouble. Everybody's going to love me? Yes. Nobody will hate you. Nobody will cast you out. It's an easy way, man. Think of it. All this, yours. This is what you're here for, isn't it? You're a son of God, right? Aren't you the, the son of God? So you want to be king of the earth? Here, son of David. Here, take it. Take it. He was tempted to do it now. Death is a hard thing. He was tempted to take his liberty and be the king of the earth without the cross. But if he did, his subjects would have died. Satan would have gladly made that proposition with him, but he said, get behind me, Satan. Praise God. 
Aren't we glad, Brother John? Are you glad tonight? He said, get behind me, Satan. Satan was so scared. Notice, jump down, you will skip this next paragraph just to save time. And he saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Now let me... Just take a few minutes before I close and tell you. He will try to get you to compromise and get me to compromise. Watch the prophet said, you say, well, I'm not a drunkard. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a pleasure seeker. But brother, if the devil can't get you one way, he'll try another. The devil has tried to quench with his type of life, the thirst that God gave you for his life. He'll just let you join church. He'll let you shout. The devil? He'll let you shout. He'll let you speak with tongues. He'll let you do all kinds of demonstrations. And you're still drinking from the devil's slot pen. So if he can't stop you from serving God, then it's like, fine, fine, you want to go to church? Depending on your makeup. He has a church forever makeup. If you need a dynamic preacher, he's got them. If you need an icicle preacher, now we're gathered here today in the house of God. Tick, tock, tick, tock. So you're sitting there in the deep freeze. How are you today, saints? I'm doing good, Pastor. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited. Tick, tock, tick, tock. If that's the kind of preacher you want, he's got them. I ain't talking about the denominations. I'm talking about the message. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something. How can a man or woman who claims to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which is the Word, and how can you be the flesh of that Holy Spirit has made you a part of him to reflect the gospel of your age and deny the word that he wrote. So how can your flesh be the flesh of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost would lead me, you, anybody else contrary to one word of God? And the church said, but he's doing it. He's done it down through the ages. Notice again, he said, what is it? It's the word that gives the test. Look, friends, you don't judge people by the anointing. You don't even judge people by signs and wonders and miracles. Now, yes, I believe in that, and the bride has it. But that's not the only evidence of a believer. You don't judge them by signs. You judge everything by God's word. But it felt so real. I felt led. I felt this. Your feelings will lie to you. And the true anointing can be on you and you'll do the wrong thing. You judge everything. I judge every voice. I judge every doctrine. I judge every man, every move by the word of God. And any person that'll deny that word, I don't care how good they feel, I don't care everything else, there's something wrong with that person.
Now you can see why I'm so loved around the message, right? You see why everybody in the message loves me, right? I'm, I'm the most loved preacher that there ever was in the message, right? Y'all know that, don't you? You know that? Uh-huh. You must be living in Disneyland or somewhere. May God help me that I will never compromise. It's cost me friends. It's cost me years of my life. And if it winds up costing me my life, God grant that I'll have the strength to stand there and die for this cause if necessary before I compromise on holiness, before I compromise on the spirit of God being in our church, before I compromise and say, well, he was the same, but he ain't the same no more. Yes, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I don't want to compromise and say, well, if we'd compromise, oh, we could sure fill up our church. Guess what? Is all we want a full church? I want a full church, all right. But I want it to be full of the angels of God. I want it to be full of the supernatural power of God. Give me that instead of hundreds and hundreds of unbelievers. Oh, but Brother Donnie, you're just, you're just not humble. You're just rough around the edges. And, you know, we... I just, I just need a preacher that's sweet, kind. Oh, you're describing the kind old priest. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, right. That's that's what I want. You're just so rough. I mean, brother Donnie, someone told me the other day that I, I just found it out that you were a high school dropout. Oh, poor little baby, brother Donnie, are you? I am. So, you, you mean y'all didn't know that? Oh, dear God. Some of y'all be looking for a new church actor tonight, right? Brother Donnie, you mean you have no degrees? No, I didn't say that. I just said I didn't finish high school. Right. You see, me and Carol got married in our senior year. I figured marrying her was worth more than finishing the 12th grade. Well, I'm sorry some of you men didn't feel that way about your wife. <laughs> God bless you, says, bang him in the head. Go ahead, he deserves it. <laughs> but Brother Tony, you got your GED. No. I do have a G-O-D, though. Yeah. The way I look at it, it'll get me a lot higher than a GED will. Yeah. Well, Brother Donnie, that's your problem. See, you, you just don't, you don't understand. I, I kind of think I do. I think I do understand. I understand how to get to heaven. I understand how to live right. I understand how to cast out devils by the power of God. I understand how to lay my hands on the sick and watch God make them well. I understand how to talk to people that are bound by the devil and call for that evil spirit to come out of them. I think I understand enough to know how to get you folks to heaven if you want to follow along. Well, <laughs> mm. oh, listen now. Brother Branham said them Pharisees was twice as humble as Jesus. So you realize, then reverse it back 2,000 years ago, if you have to have a real humble pushover guy, some of you would follow the Pharisees instead of following Jesus. Because it seemed like they had more love. No, it wasn't they had more love. It was just their perception about it. He went around tearing up the churches, throwing them out, and beating them out. Woo, Lord have mercy. 
He was the word. After this, he was tested. Now we're going to get Jesus. You see, it doesn't reflect the word when anybody says, well, that was for another day. Because the Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you know what he'll do? If he can't stop you there, let me close with this. Paragraph 212. Satan fails there, then he'll try a second scheme on you. Get you to believe the word, disbelieve the word, go to a seminary. He'll try a scheme. And here's where you want to be real careful. Said another five minutes on this part. He'll make you a supernatural offer. I'm going to come back to it just before closing. You see, if he can't tempt you away from the word, no, I'm going to stay with that word. Then he'll give you a supernatural offer. He said, I'll tell you what, get you up here and dive off the temple. Show the people you can do something supernatural. Boy, he got him there. Now watch, this is it. Watch when you get to the end where the temptation, maybe he he might let you speak in tongues and think you got it or let you even prophesy though it not be with the word. I've seen people stand up and prophesy as contrary to the word as he says from the West. It's the word that you live by. Them supernatural gifts, Satan can hand them out by the handfuls. Now you see, my Holy Ghost can say amen to this quote just like it can the other quotes about gifts. I'm sorry, yours can't. Mine can say amen to both. Why? I got an understanding. Them supernatural gifts, Satan can hand them out by the handful, certainly. That don't mean one thing. What try to get you to do? Compromise. Oh, you don't need that new birth? Why, you don't need that? Why, my goodness, this is another generation. Brother Donnie will be dead in a few years. Him and Brother Darrell and all the rest of these old guys will be here. You know, they'll all be gone. Then you'll have a new generation of young preachers. Yeah, we got them. We got them. And if you only knew some of the motives, objectives, and opinions of some of the young message preachers. They're all about promoting themselves. All about them doing this and them doing that. Arguing over who gets to preach the Saturday night service because it'll be the biggest crowd. I hope Jesus comes before that generation takes over. Come on, children, don't sit there and get mad at me. It's the truth. We need men of God that'll come back to the foundation of the altar themselves and be dedicated to God. It ain't about this big preacher, that big preacher. It's about Jesus. Let's jump down to paragraph 218 and we'll close. Yes, maybe prophesy contrary to the word. By now, time he's got this supernatural gift, he's so carried away by the noise, by the glamour. Glory to God. I pray for so-and-so. They got up and walked away. Hallelujah. Wow. What is wrong with saying that? Do you understand how close that can be? When a man is testifying to the glory of God and there's this fine, undefined line that a man can step over and he himself enters into part of that glory. And he don't just rejoice in the miracles done at our church or another church or another church, but the miracles at their church always surpass 
everybody else's. Now, you don't believe the message if you believe that. Because if you believe this message, you believe this message is an international bride message. There's things going on in Africa we ain't even seen yet. Uh-huh, there's things going on in India we ain't even seen yet. Don't get in our mind. You see, when a man crosses over and begins to look at it, then he enters into the Shekinah of God, which is only for God alone then the man begins to compromise because he interjects himself into the supernatural of God. Oh, Lord Jesus, keep me, Father, keep me. Glory to God, I pray for so-and-so. They got up and walked, hallelujah. I can speak in tongues and somebody interpret it. It's genuine, the truth. Wow, how in the world would you ever tell Paul said, I can speak with tongues like men and angels and be nothing. I can have faith to move mountains and still nothing. And the congregation says, but see, he'll offer you that. Now see, what we look for is adultery and smoking and drinking and, you know, mess and stuff like that. This is a complete different warfare. Dear God. Oh, Pentecostal people, I love you. I wouldn't be with you. There's where you failed. Watch the word, not the gift. Watch the giver. See where it comes from. He's all carried away, dancing in the spirit, boy. The only thing, he's got so many people around him, everybody calling him here and there, and he forgets the word. So compromise a little here and then a little more there. And it don't happen in five minutes. It don't happen most of the time within a year. Most of this is a slow progression. Not to scare people. Just a little at a time. Well, you know, Brother Branham said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, you know, Brother Branham also said that we're, that we're, we're, we're sovereign. If I was you, I'd be really careful. When a preacher goes to telling you that, You know why? He's got something up that sleeve right there. Let me tell you what it is. He's going to take their sovereignty and override the teaching of the message of the hour. God's prophet said this and this and this, but but our church is sovereign. In other words, they don't believe that part of the message. You remember a few years ago whenever I taught some of the principles that the message teaches us about marriage and so on and so forth, what a ruckus that it raised. I wasn't really too too much surprised that the people of the world got all bent out of shape at me. But you know what did surprise me? Message preachers. You'd be surprised at the message preachers that tacked me to a tree. And I found out there's some of our message preachers that didn't believe what God's prophet said neither. I found out there's at least one or two that was coming to our church that didn't believe it. Preachers. Why even follow it? Why even say you believe it if you're going to exalt your own opinion above a vindicated prophet? But you know what it is? Compromise. 
Well, we'll compromise on that. You know, and, and, and Brother Bam, you know, Brother Bam taught that the gifts, you know, should be, you know, the tongues and law that shouldn't, it shouldn't be out and, and, and before the people. And, you know, Brother Branham was, was Baptist. Brother Branham was not saying that because he was Baptist. He was doing it to keep unclean spirits out of the church. Well, you know, we've just found that that grieves the spirit. The teaching of God's word grieves the spirit. Then it needs to, because it ain't the spirit of God. It's been nice knowing y'all. Brother Darrell, say some nice words over me. Y'all sing some pretty songs when you roll me up here, because I'm fixing to get killed. (laughs) Look, friends, what are we going to do? Are we going to follow this message with all of our heart? Or are we going to pick and sort? We're going to be like the rest of the denominations. We're going to be like a lot of these preachers. How you can think some of these people don't know the message of the hour. One of the sisters of our church ran into somebody that lived near them in a certain apartment place right over here, not too far from where we are. Woman in her, in her, up in years. Woman had been to the prophet's grave. Went to school with somebody that was in the message of the hour. People around here know what we stand for, but do you think they're going to come and be identified? No. You think some of these preachers are going to preach the message? No. I realize I preach too hard and too straight for some. That's why they've left. Not even have the audacity to obey God's word and come and talk to you like they're supposed to. Why? They don't deem it important. Well, we know God's prophet taught that, but, uh uh-huh, you compromised. Well, I feel it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and I know of a certain group several hundred miles from here, and they get up and they go to speaking in tongues and prophesy. And they'll prophesy to this man right here to leave his wife and marry that woman. It's married to this man. Then they'll prophesy to that man to leave his wife and marry this one over here and that one there. And supposed to follow the message. Is that what you all want? What are we going to use? Oh, but they feel led and they speak in tongues and they prophesy. I don't care what they do. It's lying spirits out of hell. It's demons. What are you going to sing now, buddy? There, he's pulled me out of, out of a lot of tough spots. I'm not sure even he can do that now. <laughs> oh, children. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. When I see people around the world letting go of the very message that will change their body. And God will let false prophets come among us. And it's all for a reason. It's to prove that they have no inheritance in the rapture. I've come to the place I realize even folks that have sat under my ministry for years and years, (laughs) what I preach is way too stout for them. I've come to realize a lot of folks that sat under this word for years and years didn't a bit more believe it than if they'd went to a Baptist church. But I'm so glad, Brother Manuel, that I love it now more than I've ever loved it. Praise God. Anybody else feel that way? Don't you appreciate what God has given us in this day? Let's pray together. Lord God.
Jesus, help me. Help me. Guard me. Watch over me. May I be sensitive, Lord. As a preacher, I'll be held accountable for so much. Help me. May every man of God that'll hear this, may every minister standing in this building tonight, may they realize what an awesome responsibility they have. Oh, I realize some of the preachers in the message, you can't even tell them nothing. Some of the young preachers, it's absolutely pathetic, the attitude that they have. You can't tell them nothing. You can't give them no advice. You can't give them no counsel. It shows their ignorance. Men of God that have labored for decades and decades and decades and could be a help to them, and they won't take one thing. And the sad part about it is there'll be people that'll follow right after them, and they're being deceived. Lord, help us, Jesus. Hide us, Father. You put everything in place so your people could be protected. And they step right over the top of it. Dear God, it still breaks our hearts when we see it happen. Keep us, Jesus. Keep us, Jesus. We don't want tongues and jumping and shouting and running without a real burst in the soul, Lord. Now let me make it clear, because I know something's about to blow up probably right now, but I believe in tongues, and I believe in running and jumping and shouting and all that sort of thing. I believe in every bit of it, but I will not take it as a substitute for the new birth. Lord, it seems that with some They're trying to make it a new evidence. Well, the evidence is gifts, and the evidence is miracles, and the evidence is signs, and the evidence is screaming and hollering and shouting. Well, if that's so, then why did I ever have to leave Pentecost? Because I've seen all that back yonder. But the evidence is the same today as it's always been, receiving God's Word. And that ain't just quotes about healing and quotes about miracles. It's other quotes from the same prophet. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we love you tonight, Lord. Help them, Father. Help them to know how much I love them. Help them to know, Lord God, I love them so much, I'd die for them. I'd stand between them and persecution. I'd stand between them and prison. I'd go to prison for them. Help them to know, Lord, I don't say these things to be mean or contrary. I say it to keep them from the darkness. It's coming, Lord. It's coming. Lord, we hear what's happened to Israel this week. The horrific things that have happened. It's a little glimpse of the tribulation period that we've seen this last week. We hear, Lord, and can see what pictures that we can stomach by looking and seeing at what these extremists have done, beheading little children, 
Or just yesterday finding 40 babies that were murdered and slaughtered. Some of them beheaded Jews. Women that were slaughtered and beheaded. Soldiers that were beheaded. It's a pre-tribulation release. Lord God, I pray you would stir every one of us, Lord God, tonight like we've never been stirred before. Help these people to realize we need to be on fire for you like never before. What, what they have done beginning on Saturday morning and up through this week is a mild thing compared to what will happen to those who miss the rapture. There will be people, Lord, that have sat in message churches, played tapes every day of their life, but they miss the baptism of the Holy Ghost and miss being in the bride. But they think because they believe God sent a prophet, they're going. They've compromised on the new birth. They'll be hunted down, the prophet said, like dogs. Satan will release all, all of his anger on them. The world is in shock. The world is absolutely, I've heard several of these reporters by looking at them, Father, hearing them on, on the radio and seeing them on YouTube. And these reporters that have seen slaughters and deaths and murders to no end. And those hard-hearted reporters break down and bawl and cry. But what they have seen take place in Israel. Dear Jesus, hide us, oh God. Help us not to compromise. Help every husband not to compromise over his wife or his family. Help the parents not to compromise under what seems to be love to let the world creep into their home. Help every true pastor not to compromise, Lord. All men that preach the truth are getting fewer and far between. And the reason is because a lot of the younger preachers ain't gonna preach it no more. Oh, we've got some. Thank God for some that do. But some of them have preached long enough to know, leave it alone. Don't preach anything controversial. You'll get bigger doors, more offerings. Lord God, help us to preach the truth. If we have to drink branch water, eat cornbread four times a day, help us to preach the truth, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I realize, now I realize why that devil come into my living room the other night as I sat there studying by myself in the house and offering me a compromise. I see it now. Spoke to me as plain as I'm speaking to these people tonight and said, if you will compromise, I will leave your daughter. Like Pharaoh, I wonder if he ain't getting scared. Hallelujah. 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 I wonder if he ain't getting scared and try to come against men of God to compromise on this and that because he knows his days are numbered. We want to let hell know tonight we ain't compromising. 
Our Sunday school teachers ain't compromising. Our youth leaders ain't compromising. Our evangelists ain't compromising. Our pastors ain't compromising. Hallelujah. Our saints ain't compromising. We will stand here till we die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Blessed be your name, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many brought your sheep, your oxen, your camels when you come out of the world? You brought your voice with you. You brought your hands with you. You brought your feet with you. You brought your arms. You want to sacrifice a little bit tonight? You want to raise them tired hands on Wednesday? You want to raise them tired arms on Wednesday? Lift them up into the presence of God. You want to lift up that tired voice and say, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I brought my cattle from Egypt. I brought my emotions. Don't leave your emotion back there in the world. Why some of you used to get out on Saturday night and get drunk as a dog. You get out and dance and make the biggest fool of yourself and you become a Christian and somehow you think you need to leave your emotion in the world. No, you need to get your emotions saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Then attach your emotion to your soul and let it express itself through the life of Jesus Christ. And don't worry, the Spirit of God will never lead you out of order. It'll always be decent and in order. Come on, somebody, say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Father. We lift our hands, our voices. We love you tonight, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We bless your name. You're our mighty God. We're not going to just stand and worship, but we are going to bring sacrifice with our worship. Oh, hallelujah, my voice is tired, Father. I'm tired from sitting at the hospital for many, many hours today. I'm weary, Lord, of fighting a lot of battles. I'm tired, and Lord, I'm weary from going through so much stuff. But dear God, I bring my cattle with me to church. I could have brought a little round mouth sermon and preached about 20 minutes and then not raise no emotion and not bring up no sweat, but that ain't who I am. When I brought my iPad, I brought my cattle. When I brought my microphone, I brought my sheep. When I put on my dress shoes, I brought my goats. I brought my sacrifice. Hallelujah. I brought who I am. I brought who I want to be. I brought who the word says I am. I brought my song. I brought my voice. I brought my feet. I brought my emotions. I brought everything that I am into the presence of God. Here I am, the Lord Jesus. I'm here to worship. I'm here to adore. I'm here to bless your name. I'm here to give you my hand. So if anybody needs to be healed, I'll lay hands on them, Lord. Oh, I know a lot of folks say, well, they don't do it no more. They left their hands back in the world. Them hands used to hold cigarettes and hold whiskey. How much more can them hands now hold deliverance? Can them hands hold the anointing of the Holy Ghost? We give our mouths to you, Lord. So if you want to speak another language out of us, go right ahead and do it, Jesus. We want to give you our hands, our feet, our mouths, our being, our emotion, everything we are. We worship you tonight, Lord God. We bless your Holy Holy name. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, can somebody help me just love him here tonight? Did you leave your cattle in Egypt? 
Did you leave your sheep down in Egypt? I say you make a quick trip down there right now and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I left my emotion back there in Pentecost. I left my emotion over at the Baptist church. I say you get it back, brother. I say, sister, you bring it back. Go ahead and link up your emotion into the presence of God. No, God made you emotional. God made you to cry. God made you to shout. God made you to worship him and love him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Oh, don't be ashamed. Go ahead and give him a cattle offering. Give him a sheep offering tonight. Give him a waving of your hands. Give him a hallelujah. Give him a praise the Lord. Give him a thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, Father. We worship you tonight, Lord. Oh, thank you, dear God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that you'd move for the needs of your people. Lord, I ask you, dear God, that you'd touch Courtney tonight. Father, you see, Lord, having to go to the doctors this evening, and they're not sure if it's bronchitis, pneumonia, whatever it is, but in the name of Jesus, would you touch her right now, Lord? I pray for the rest of the sick that are in this place, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, may the Holy Ghost go down right now, Father, in that room 308 on the third floor. May the Spirit of God go to Sycamore Shoals. May the Holy Ghost walk into that room. May you touch Erica's body, Father. I pray, Lord, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, you'd move for Sister Judy Archer. Lord God, you see the doctor's report ain't very good, but we believe there's another report from Adonai, another report that says, I am the Lord God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. I am the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord God, would you minister to every heart tonight, Father? Would you minister to the sick? Would you minister to those, Lord, that's got a lost loved one? And may they tell the devil, you ain't getting my daughter. You ain't getting my son. You ain't getting my wife. You ain't getting my husband. I'm not leaving them behind. I'm not leaving one son, one son-in-law. I'll tell you tonight, devil, we're not losing one of our young people to the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, we worship you tonight, Father. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We glorify your name tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're our healer. You're our deliverer. You're our king. Lord, let people do whatever they want to do. Go whichever direction they want to go. But may we stand for you, Heavenly Father. Oh God, people turning their back on this word and walking away, may we stand for it, Lord. And if we do, one day you'll stand for us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We bless your name, Lord. Oh Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm hearing it, Father, from different ones out in the secular world. Hearing it, dear God, from the political pundits and all around. Could this war be the last one? Is the third world war fixing to break loose? Is this fixing to happen and that fixing to happen? And we know according to Psalm 83, one day the nations will gather there and they will say, we will wipe out the name of Israel. We will no longer let them be called a nation. That will be their cry. Oh, but hallelujah, we know that you will come and you will stand upon the Mount of Olives. 
and the Mount of Olives will cleave in half. Hallelujah. America will be annihilated. Right now, America is her greatest ally, but we know in the tribulation period, America will be destroyed. That's the way that Russia and all the nations of the world will be able to go to Russia unaltered because America will be gone. She'll be annihilated. Oh, Lord God, it breaks our heart, but Father, we want to be ready, and when all hell is breaking loose on this earth, we're going to be enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb, sitting around the great table of God, hallelujah, in the presence of the Lord, hallelujah, worshiping our great King. Oh, Jesus, we praise you, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. How many believe it with all your heart? Oh, glory to God. Brother Darrell, why don't you come and sing for us tonight, buddy? We believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Who believes God's report? Amen. Well, everybody's got a report. They can believe what they want to believe. We believe his report. Whose report do you believe? Greatest privilege of my life is to send unto you, Brother Donnie. You mean the world to me. I stand with him 1,000%. He preaches the truth. Amen. We are not defeated. We are God's people. The things we are hearing will change our bodies. Amen. We will not compromise. We will not bow a knee. We will not lay down our swords or our shield. Amen. We will believe the report of the Lord. For he said, you are my people, and I am your God. I will not leave thee, nor will I forsake thee. What a promise we have tonight. Well, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Well, his report says, I.
shall be the report of the Lord.
Father, I hear it growing louder. The song of your redeemed as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing from our heart there comes an anthem. Oh, here our praises ring. This is a song to the King of Kings. Let the His sons, his daughters 
got victory over the enemy and the world can't do me no harm well I've got victory over the enemy and the world can't do me no harm no harm no harm no harm I've got victory over the enemy, and the world can't do me no harm. got victory over the enemy and the world can't do me no harm oh no harm oh no harm 
me no harm.
bars he wants you to see the bars but what he don't want you to see is the bars is on the door and the door is open your prison door is open you're free you're free you're free he has made us free hallelujah he wants you to see the problem, but not the answer. He wants you to see the storm, but not the sun. Oh, but what do we see? What do your eyes see? We see a healer, a deliverer. And all he ever asked us to do was to believe it. Do you believe it tonight? We can step out free. Oh, my. What a word of the Lord, friends. Oh, we're taking every hoof. Ever hoof. <laughs> that ought to be on a t-shirt. We're taking every hoof. <laughs> we ain't leaving a hoof behind. Amen. Do you love him tonight? Has it not been good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, Brother Darrell, what if I get up in the morning and I, I still have that problem? Just thank the Lord. The problem ain't got nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with it. He's already declared it, and his word does not lie. Amen. Amen. Just be found believing. Amen. Do you love him tonight? I know Brother Donnie, don't, he, he don't like this, but aren't you grateful for a pastor, <laughs> Brother Donnie? kind of guy you like to go into combat with amen amen let's just bow our heads tonight praise the Lord heavenly father Lord we're just we're just so grateful tonight that we could just come to you Lord and just open our hearts and talk to you like a friend. 
because you are our friend, Lord. And you are our healer and you are our deliverer. You are our husband and our groom, our king, our Lord. You're our all and our all, Lord. And we are so grateful tonight from our hearts, God. We say thank you from the depths of our soul, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, not just something fancy to make us jump, Lord. And though I enjoy those times, but something we can take home, Lord. Something that'll put meat on our bones and a fight in our souls. To not compromise against a lying enemy. To not budge one inch, but to stand our ground, Lord. And oh, God, what a day it must have been when they seen those Egyptians who had beat them and ravished them and tormented them to see them washing up on the banks of the Red Sea, drowned by the hand of Almighty God, who showed them, I am God, and beside thee there is none else. Oh, we're so grateful tonight, Lord, that you will bring us out of this Laodicea it will set us around your table, Lord, and until then we will fight, God. Go with your people now, Lord, we pray. God, those who were prayed for tonight, may they receive everything they asked for, Lord. Those that was in the congregation, Lord, those hearts was reaching out to you, may they receive everything they asked for, Lord. Oh, God, it's like going into an arcade. It's already been given to us. Every redemptive blessing belongs to the believer the prophet said, let's walk around and see what he's given us. You give us joy and peace and understanding and revelation and strength and healing and virtue and wisdom. Oh, God, thank you tonight. Go with your people now, Lord. Give them traveling graces and make the way home as they work tomorrow. Watch over them, Lord. Protect them on the job. Be with our children, Lord. God, we just commit everything we have into your hands. We want to surrender everything to you, Lord. We love you tonight, Father. We pray, Lord, that you strengthen Brother Donnie, and Lord, Lord, that the reports will come back this week that the doctors are astounded. That they would say, we, we don't know what happened, but we can say, we do. The healer passed by. The healer passed by this way. Hallelujah. Lord, I'll never forget the day. That you passed by the hospital room and took the blindness of Jessica with you. Thank you so much, God. If you've done it once, Lord, you can do it again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Grant it tonight, Father. We love you, Lord. Go with your people now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. You're dismissing the fear of the Lord tonight. Amen. I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me here I am here I stand Lord my life is in 
your hands Lord I'm longing to see your desires revealed in me I give myself Myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Take my heart, take my life. As a living sacrifice All my dreams All my plans Lord, I place them, Lord Hallelujah I give myself I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself. My life is not my own, to you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to give myself away. I give myself away so you can. Lord, I ain't got much. But I give you what I have, Lord. Lord, I give you what I have tonight. I surrender it to you, Lord. Oh, God, take me, Lord. Make me a bondservant of your love tonight. Use us as tools, Father, for this last day harvest. Oh, God, take us into your hands, Lord. Use us for your glory. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We surrender to you tonight. We, oh, I give myself away so you can use me. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself I give myself to you. Oh, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. I give myself away. 